I'm Ebony K. Williams, attorney and host. Welcome to Holding Court, where we analyze the latest legal headlines that everybody's already talking about. But we dig deep into how the courts impact the culture. We break it all down, going straight from gavel to your newsfeed. And every week, we keep it 100. Right, Dustin? That's right, E. Let's hold court. All right, Dustin Ross, my darling, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I feel good today. Feel I feel good? good today. You know, it's a good time to be black. It's a good time to bet on black. You know, Speaking especially of, today, okay, in America mm-hmm. today. That's right. I believe the book goes on sale momentarily, mm-hmm. uh, January 31st. Get your there copy. You go. Here's the good news, jurors. If you order yours now, like I've been telling y'all to do, yep. um, you'll, it'll be like Christmas morning on January 31st. You'll wake up and Amazon will just be there. How about that? How about okay. that? And then y'all pay attention. I am coming to a city near you, I promise you, with this tour. Book tour, baby. Book tour coming. I cannot wait. I'm so proud of you, Ebony. Thank you, babe. I can't wait for you to actually read the guts of the Mm -hmm. book, Dustin. Like Mm -hmm. People keep asking me, oh, are you excited about the book release? I guess what I'm excited about, Dustin, is is for people to get into the the guts of this book and to read... The, the content that I am suggesting and offering to be in, um, I was talking to Sora about this. I really suggest this book to be read in a buddy system. Like mm-hmm. you have a gym buddy mm-hmm. because it's going to be some shit I'm throwing in there that's going to be. Let's let's say thought provoking to say the least. <laughs> to yeah. say the least that you know it's not about just getting in line with what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. about challenging you to think yeah. about these issues and dis- and you're gonna trust me. You're gonna it's like a good TV show. Yeah, you're gonna want to be like, girl. Yeah, you seen this week's episode of Yeah, yeah, girl. You on chapter three yet? Yep. I welcome the agitation, and I'm sure that the reading audiences do as well. And it's and it's with love. Yeah, challenge is with love. It's a little you know I like to push. I'm pushing the culture with this one, Dustin. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm excited for you. So, so congratulations, E. Thank you, baby. And you know what? You know what? We also need to congratulate one another for mm. is this fantastic, humbled NAACP Image Award nomination. Thank you to the Academy. Clap and make it clap. Listen, okay, let's just celebrate. Well, that's you know? really the theme of the show. Yeah. Clap and make it clap. Clap and make it clap. Make it clap. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, did you see by the way that book influencers uh, TikTok of us? Oh yes, reading uh, using the audio, yes! using our sound. That made me feel good. That I love to made see it. It was feel, hilarious. It was hilarious, yep. and I really felt like culturally we've arrived. Yes. That was hysterical. <laughs> uh, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, I'm, I'm gonna repost it on uh, my Instagram. Yeah, it's a hilarious too. take mm-hmm. uh, on holding court and yes. the work that we do. But no, I, I couldn't have been more happy, Dustin, to call you uh, that Wednesday morning to say. And as of today, Dustin Ross, Man. you are an NAACP Image Award nominee in the category of Outstanding News and Politics Podcast. I, I just like that, that the prestige that is attached to this show, your show, our show, our being show, nominated yeah. for an NAACP Image Award is so validating, so affirming yes, in is. all the best ways, you know, black yeah. people and all people, but especially black people, we yeah. care about and and hold the NAACP Image Awards in high regard and high esteem. Percent. So to be in that company, in the in the great company that we're in, in our category with the yes, fantastic other the nominees, of the fellow nominees, this is just such a great thing for this show that we believe in and, and mm-hmm. Interval Presents has believed in. And, Absolutely. And, 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 and everybody has not believed in. Let yeah. me be very clear. You know, when I curated this show from just a thought mm-hmm. in my, you know, cr- this big crazy mind of mine. I had executives at big at big time companies on, mm-hmm. and on big time platforms mm-hmm. tell me, 
uh, that this show wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Dustin, I was told that black people would never listen to a legal podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bitch said it with a straight face, too. Uh-huh. Still work there, too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and I just knew it wasn't true because I actually know my people. Mm-hmm. I know our people, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said in my post, like the addition of you to the show, it took a really great show to something that is exceptional. And I, and I say that with no uh, hesitancy. What what we do on this show each and every week is uh, exceptional and it is unique. And that was my challenge as a content creator and mm-hmm. as a podcaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And you talk about this all the time and it's it's people really need to – hear you podcasting is an incredible genre and venue for for amazingness and magic right mm-hmm. but a lot of people are, are are doing shows just to talk they are clouding the space with congesting with the space congesting <laughs> the space okay? backing it up fucking it up <laughs> seriously and i hate to even go no, there we talk about true. something so yeah. you know but you're right, and I'm grateful for our voice being heard throughout all of that. That's it. And yeah, making it, it cutting straight through. It cuts straight through, and, and to be nominated uh, and organized, uh, excuse me, recognized, rather, by the NAACP, you know, in the vein of W.B. Du Bois. And, oh, my you God. You know, everything yes. that, you know, yes. that, that this organization means and matters for um, it's great. And I can't wait to go so shopping oh, for our red carpet outfit. I've already started the journey. I know you have. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I cannot Fly wait. master. I just can't wait. And this is something that's really special and meaningful to me. So mm-hmm. I'm very honored, very grateful, yeah. and just happy to be recognized yeah. for, for this show to be recognized. It In just, particular, it by this lot. organization. Absolutely. Yeah. And y'all make sure you take your asses online and vote. Please Thank go you. vote. Thank you. And tell your mama, Thank anybody, you. your friend, yeah. everybody. As, as Obama would say, don't boo. Vote. vote. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so with that said, let's get into today's docket. That's right. Uh, we're going to start off by an update on the Jen Shaw sentencing uh, that I found noteworthy. A lot of mm-hmm. people probably this went under your radar, like, who, you know, whatever she sent is. We, we know she's going to jail for six and a half years. We've covered that extensively on the show. But she's now also, Dustin, being ordered to complete a certain treatment package after, after her release. And I got something to say about that that hopefully will help our jurors next time they are someone they love find themselves in a court of law. Okay. Then we're going to go on to uh, our producer, Ashley Hobbs, uh, sent this one over. It was kind of like a wild card in terms of the, the stories we normally cover. But I I found this story to be a red flag, Dustin. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it was a red flag because of the title alone. The story is, and this was something in CNBC, recent study shows home ownership doesn't help build wealth. I saw that. Put a pin mm-hmm. in it because we're going to... We're going to talk about what it what it is and what it ain't. Okay. Okay, on that one. In other words, don't get it twisted. That part. Because <laughs> this is where I get real conspiracy yeah. theories on you. When they don't want you to pursue something, be suspicious. That's right. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, oh, Jaguar right. Hmm. Um, <laughs> hmm. Okay, so I'm sure you guys have seen the video, uh, Miss Jaguar Wright, uh, who, if, again, if you were of a certain generation, you might not even know who that is, mm-hmm. but we do. We uh, do. <laughs> we know her. We can hear her singing voice sing, right yeah, now. It's a very distinctive tone, and, mm-hmm. and you know, she, she represents a certain aspect of R&B yeah. soul. And a certain time, a section certain in time in R&B music. Yeah. yeah. So whenever I see these things, and unfortunately, every time we see Jaguar Wright um, as of recent, it is something that feels sad yeah. and unfortunate mm-hmm. um but this one i wanted to cover uh not necessarily to uh you know harper more negativity on this system because she really seems to be going through it but really uh it, it, she's arrested for a domestic violence dispute with her 
I guess, a strange husband. I don't know what their situation is. But the reason I want to talk about this, Dustin, is because we come from a generation where when we talked about domestic violence, it was almost always men yeah. who were being arrested, who were going to jail, and who were being convicted. Mm-hmm. It's a new day. Mm-hmm. Ladies, it's a new day. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's important that you understand that a narrative that we might have been told from our grandmamas and grandpapas or whoever the hell that as women, we can do whatever or show out or put our hands on. Without consequence. It's a new day. Yeah. And we got to talk about it. Okay. I think this is a timely conversation. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to save some people some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Okay. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, so we're going to start with Jen Shaw. As you recall, Jen Shaw, of course, former now cast member of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She uh, pleaded guilty to several counts of fraud and what like, ended up getting sentenced to six and a half years in jail. And she will start her sentence, Dustin, what, in February? Yeah. Okay, yeah, she reports to jail in February. And she is facing, um, or now she has been convicted of, Federal charges Mm -hmm. um, that were handled right down the street here in the Southern District of New New York York. City, baby. That's the worst district, y'all. I promise you, you don't want to be there. Mm -mm. Ever since Giuliani left, it's been, it's been a situation ever since. I'm serious. A situation on a situation. On a situation. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't normally just randomly for free promote other people's products, but (laughs) CNN has an extremely well done documentary around Giuliani, Mm -hmm. what happened to America's mayor. Mm -hmm. Especially if you of New York. Uh, you know, residency. It, yeah, man, you want to watch that? Yeah, that's some shit right there. Okay, going back to David Dinkins and mm-hmm. then some. We'll talk about that. Maybe we need to put but a I pin think, in that actually, one too. Go ahead and put a pin in that. We yep. need to do that. All right. Anyway, back to Jen Shaw. Jen's uh, forty nine years old. She was sentenced to six and a half years. Blah 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 blah. Now, once she's done with that sentence, and that's a long sentence to be clear. Six and a half years ain't no lightweight work. That's mm-hmm. what you call a real bid. Yeah. Uh, anything over five in the streets is you you do you doing a bid a bid. So after Jen finishes her bid, Mm -hmm. she would then be subject to five years of supervised uh, probation. That's typical. Mm -hmm. Rarely do you just get out of jail and just walk free. And that's it. Yeah. yeah, No, you're going to be still under conditions Mm -hmm. of the court. And that's why we're talking about this story. So part of her probation, which, again, she's going to be her probation officer ain't going to be your mom and pop probation officer down the street. She will be reporting to the feds Mm -hmm. and federal probation oversight, Dustin Ross. Ain't no hoe. Yeah. That ain't no hoe. Yeah, I'm sure. You breathe wrong, a bitch gonna be violated. Yeah. Part of her uh, probation term, Dustin, is they're requiring her to take certain mental health treatments. I quote the, the, the federal government when I say this. Her order says, you must continue to take any prescribed medications unless otherwise instructed by the healthcare provider. You must contribute to the cost of services rendered based on your ability to pay and the availability of third party payments. Also revealed on the show uh, that, and this is why you have to be very careful when you do these reality shows, you know, everything that you say on camera on the show is subject to evidentiary submission. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious, but yeah. part of what she admitted to on the show, Dustin, uh, is that she suffers from depression and that she has been prescribed anti uh depressants that she takes and doesn't take according to her will, and that she has attempted suicide uh after specifically after the charges came out. 
Now, when she went in to do her plea, she asked for leniency, saying this. This is her quote. She had some personal and painful experiences that she was going through in her life, including the death of her father and grandmother. This is why this story is important to to y'all listening. And I don't know the total ins and outs, Dustin, so I want to be fair here of what Jen's legal team presented her. Because sometimes as lawyers, and I I know this, so I actually now I'm showing up with complete compassion for her legal team. I could I could I could take you to the water. But I can't make you drink. I can't make you drink it. So I can say, hey, client, I think this, 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 and this would be great things for you to do ahead of sentencing. See, a lot of lawyering, and I want to say this plainly, especially when you're a criminal defense lawyer, Dustin, a lot of people like to get on their high horse and they like to say things like, how can you defend those people? How can you defend those guilty, awful people? And the answer is simple. First of all, the cons- our Constitution, all you patriots out there. <laughs> that part. It requires me to do so because you and every other American has a constitutional Sixth Amendment right to counsel. Mm-hmm. That's that part. Second part, this system that for all of its failures and challenges and points of injustice is the closest goddamn thing we have to a justice system in this country. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to use my God-given strengths and spiritual gifts to be an advocate of good within this system that requires me to participate Dustin Ross in full capacity. Mm -hmm. It's an adversarial system in order for the system to try to work. It needs a prosecutor and it's got to have a defense counsel to hold the prosecutor accountable for doing their job. My job is to make sure they do their their job. Mm -hmm. My job isn't to quote, get anybody off. Mm -hmm. My job isn't to change no facts. My job is not to undo no crimes. Mm -hmm. My job is to make sure they do their job. And when everybody does their fucking job, does their fucking job, Mm -hmm. rather, you have a chance of justice. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So, back to taking... we even have to explain that to people. But but you know we do. Yeah. But you know we do, yeah. especially when you have the audacity to do defense work and look like I look, like we look. All right, so back to taking a horse to water and a bitch not drinking. So I don't know what uh, Jen's team t- suggested to her, but I will tell you what I always led with with my clients. Okay, this is a situation. The first consultation I always had with my clients, Dustin, was almost think of it like a consultation of education okay let let's start with what are you charged with and what are you what are the potential consequences if everything goes bad for us Mm -hmm. (laughs) and under that premise my job is to help you prepare for every scenario that's right right okay so one of the things i would always do with my clients dustin is what things can we do your guilt or innocence aside Mm -hmm. we're gonna get to that part Mm -hmm. that part gonna play out Mm mm-hmm But there are still some things, Dustin Ross, as your defense counsel, I can suggest to you and and really walk you through process wise Mm -hmm. to put you in best position no matter what happens. That's a good, a great defense attorney. That's what that's how I always approach the work. Yeah, I appreciate that. So one of the things that I would always do on the front end with any client, but especially my DUIs, uh, drug cases, Mm -hmm. any case that's dealing with anything federal. There's just some basic shit you can do on the front end. Mm hmm. To put yourself in best position. They include mental health assessment. Go and take your ass down and get an assessment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Seriously. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse assessment. Mm -hmm. And then let's go ahead and start the treatment plan of what that assessment looks like. So how much better is it if Jen, I'm just using her as an example here, was able to go to court and say, Your Honor, 
We're asking for leniency because of all this shit she did say, right? My my daddy died. My grandmother died. Uh, Your Honor, we're asking the court only sentence me to three years, which they asked for. And in support of these requests. You have this, this behavior. Look at the litany yeah. of things I've done pre-sentencing. Yeah. Your Honor, I've submitted myself to a mental health assessment. Your Honor, I've I have actively worked to support the diagnosis I received. I'm making this part up, but you know, my depression state, my bipolar state, I'm currently on these medications mm-hmm. that I take. I've also enrolled myself and completed here's my certificate, Your Honor. May I approach the bench? Yes, you can, Ms. Williams. <laughs> uh this is you can see my completion of my anger management class mm-hmm. that I completed and took. You can see, Your Honor, where I've also spent the last you know 60 hours of the past few months volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club of New... See what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, support it with something. Support your request with something that will persuade the ju- judge. And the shit you know, you've done on the front end without being being without told being ordered. To. Yeah, and that's the reason we're doing this story, y'all. This ain't even about Jen Shaw. You know, Jen we Shaw. We off that. We off that. It's it's done. I'm using that as an example to say it, it caught my eye. When I saw that she was being ordered post-release to do some shit. And again, I'm not saying she didn't do it. I'm just saying we don't know about it if you right, did do it. it. Been- and it would be contrary to legal reason that you would be ordered to do it on the front and back end. These are things that really, if haven't been done, should have been done. I wonder, it's so funny you bring that up because I thought that her... First of all, I respect everybody's mental health journey, right? We're not diminishing that. I take my Celexa every day. But I was surprised. I I really do. I was surprised Mm -hmm. that she kind of, I felt like at that point she was kind of just throwing spaghetti against the wall, trying to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And I I really was looking for something else to to kind of, you know. Tether it to. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't see it. So it's so funny that you say this. Yeah. Because that's that's exactly what I was looking for. And guess who else was looking for it? The The judge. judge. Yeah. The you judge. already know the judge. Yeah. So that's just that's just some free jewelry, jurors. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just you don't have it. it and don't think because some people, my, some of my clients, well, ain't they going to think I'm guilty? No, bitch. They're mm-hmm. going to think you're smart. Mm-hmm. They're going to think you're smart. Mm-hmm. It is only of good practice to go into it because what it shows, it, it's not indicative of your guilt or innocence of the underlying charges. It's indicative of your respect for the space. Absolutely. Your respect for the process. Mm-hmm. This says to the judge, this is someone who is taking this process seriously. And nowhere does that matter more than federal court. It's just some free tea, y'all. Free mm. tea. Yeah, you know, going and going, going to get that assessment. I'm, it's it's, a, it's most of us, most cities, $200. Mm-hmm. These are things that, that are low level, uh, you know, low hanging fruit, if you will, uh, sm- relatively Small investments that can save you years off your sentence. And I only know it because I've seen it before. That makes it so worth it. It's an investment. So worth it. And that's how you need to look at it, y'all. It's an investment. It's why wait for the court to make you when you can preempt. You know, and this, this applies to to, to um, childhood. I used to mm-hmm. do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, and, you know, I know my report card going to be a little <laughs> bit fucked up. You know, just cleaning a little bit. the I, kitchen all week long, listen, listen. spotless. You know, yeah. You know, if I fucked up in Gloria's house, it was a B. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I ain't got no B jeans. That's so right. Why, why you got a B on here? That's right. You better be in your room, okay? Because that's and where that you're TV be. better okay, be off. Be off. <laughs> and I'm gonna touch the back of it yep. to make sure it's I'm not warm. Be on your ass. And then How about I'm that? Be, beat your ass okay. and be on it. And Since then we go to Chili's and you gonna shut the hell up. She's so mean. I'm sitting here crying in my crispy tenders. Okay, we triggered, all right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I just, 
I really wish that Jen Shah had done things differently mm-hmm. in general, but especially concerning the way she tried to, you know, yeah. uh, bring the mental health dynamic into her sentencing. Concur. Yeah, you and if you're gonna bring it, like you said, just bring it, bring, bring it. it all the way. Yeah, bring it all the way. Um, and like, yeah, that little piecemeal and this and that, and then Insane. this person just was sick and somebody something. was in the don't hospital. Nobody give a fuck what you talking nobody about cares at this about point. That. They don't, be, they don't even believe what you're saying at this point. So that's why what I'm suggesting is important because it's not about words; it's about the actions, actions. you have taken pre-sentencing. Mm-hmm. Anything you do post-sentencing, eh. Now, now you're being made to do it. That's mm-hmm. how the court feels. Now it's something you got to do. Right. And you're going to have, guess what? You're going to have to do it anyway. That's why I used to tell my clients, because you better believe part of your uh, sentence is going to be this same shit. Assessment, yep. substance abuse, treatment, AA. All of that. All of that. So go on and get get it on the front end where you can get credit for it. That's right. Same That's thing right. with the report cards, kids listening. That's right. You know, you, if you don't think she's going to make you vacuum that whole damn house after you bring that D up in there, you she will. That's right. Go, and go and, she, and go, she has a reservoir of punishments on deck, right? right? Make so her get creative. Cherry, right. Go in and cherry pick some of uh-huh. those <laughs> and apply it. Yep. And say, I'm putting this towards my. That's right. <laughs> towards my debt, my incoming debt. That's okay? it. Consider me indentured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm already a servant. Let's go. This next story really does bring out my conspiracy theorist, but I, be- I suspect I'm right on this. This is a story put out by CNBC. Mm-hmm. And the title alone, and this is proof, y'all, why you cannot just go on clickbait, but people do. And that's why I'm bringing this story to you because it's a perfect example of what happens when you see a title, especially in a credible News publication like CNBC, this ain't some shit off a shade room. No, this is a business news outlet. Mm-hmm. CNBC, Bloomberg, Financial Times. Mm-hmm. Where else do I subscribe? Uh, you know, The Atlantic, any of that. Yes. Forbes. Yeah. Something okay. that we see daily. And 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 presume credible. Yeah. Rightfully so. So here we go. Headline. Recent study shows home ownership doesn't help build wealth and that's all the headline says so let's just start with that when you read that headline now you special dustin but just put on your everyday person okay for a second mm-hmm. how does it read what, well it how, would validate it would validate me as a person who was probably already having challenges getting acquiring home ownership or mm-hmm. some some sort of uh you know ownership in general sure it's hard for black men in america it's hard for a lot of people to access that Absolutely. right so as a person who was facing those challenges, that would have validated me in just backing away from the process and totally discouraged me mm-hmm. from moving on with mm-hmm. moving forward, rather with trying to acquire home a home. Period. I concur. I think it totally. That's what I would hear. In. Fuck it then. But you know me, what I'm saying? Good. Why well, wash my hands of the whole damn deal? I, I read it. it without context, and I say good because yeah. that shit is hard anyway. Mm-hmm. Now I ain't got to worry. And about now it. this financial platform is telling me don't worry about Mm -hmm. it it ain't even it ain't even what you think it is right like that's the subtext it ain't even gonna you know bridge this you know wealth gap anyway it definitely feels like someone who is in you know who has certain information is patting you on the back and just ushering you off to to Mm -hmm, the side mm -hmm. instead of letting you through that's the way you know what we call that marginalization Mm -hmm. that's exactly that's what it looks like marginalizing me yeah that's what it looks like cnbc and then what's so interesting because you know again they are a credible journalistic outlet they had to tell the truth Mm -hmm. when you read the guts of the piece way down in it way down in them terms and conditions that Uh dustin tells you to make sure you watch out for 
you see that that ain't it at all. Mm. What they're saying is not that home ownership does not help build wealth because we all know that it, that does. it does. And I'll I'll go into that and the why and the obvious nature of that in a second. But let's just stay with the story for a minute. The story itself tells you that home ownership is at least as effective as other investment tools. Mm-hmm. That's really what they're trying to get to. They're trying to say, well, well, what they tried to do is what they did. Mm-hmm. What they're not saying in that headline, though, Dustin, which is more factually correct, is home ownership is not the only way to build that type of generational wealth. If you take the same money, and this is the big if, okay? If. If, if you are a renter, and you take the money that you quote save, which is actually a question mark because everybody, I'm actually, I will tell you, I'm paying less now in my mortgage than I was paying in the year and a half of Airbnb rentals. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's a fact. Mm-hmm. And I'm also acquiring equity now, which I wasn't before. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you happen to save on your rent versus a mortgage, which some people do, But you take that savings and you invest the difference in that savings, Dustin, in certain equally volatile investment tools like index funds, certain stocks in the marketplace, then your wealth building will be about equal. Okay. Okay, well, that's saying something totally different than this headline. That's not at all what the headline says. Right. What you're saying is... I I have another generational wealth building opportunity that includes stocks and bonds that can equate the same level of wealth accumulation netted in home ownership. And that takes two big ifs into consideration Mm -hmm. that I have a problem with because y'all not clear about it. The first is that I have leftover between my rent and mortgage, you know, um, hypothetical mortgage mm-hmm. which again everybody doesn't have depending most people on, don't right depending on where you live and mm-hmm. and these rents being crazy as a month because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? that's actually i'll tell y'all you know here in new york i know this is true of la dc markets bay area markets the reason a lot of us are kind of desperately trying to get into home ownership is because the rents are so outrageous yeah. when your landlord dustin is raising your rent 30, 40, 60% in a year, which is happening on the regular. All the time. You know, I'm not paying $7,000 for a one-bedroom in New York. I'm not either. I refuse. Right. But that's the trajectory. Yep. And so we would argue, I would argue, that the home ownership is less about da-da-da-da-da. It's called rent stabilization, motherfucker. <laughs> if you really want to break it if down. If you really want to break it down. That's what we're doing That's here. what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So miss me with that argument. Then the second part, Dustin, there, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and maybe I'm not the best example, but I'm going to be vulnerable. If it's in my account, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's probably going to get spent, period. So that is, a, to me, what for me, I'm not saying for everybody, Dustin, I'm saying for me, right. the home ownership move made sense. Because if I don't see it, if it's just going straight to that mm-hmm. equity, mm-hmm. it's just going straight to that Petty cash fund is going straight to that nest egg. Mm -hmm. It's building and it's growing and I don't have to worry about it in the same Mm -hmm. way. But they're suggesting in this CNBC article, Dustin, for you to have that equivalent wealth uh, growth, you would have to then be disciplined enough to take the gap if you have a gap and then invest that money. So that's an extra step every, you know, month or whatever. You've got to do the, the, the manual of investing it into another investment tool, mm-hmm. be it 
like I said, stocks, bonds, index funds, or what have you. Ain't well, that, some shit? that that is some bullshit, which is what it is, and it's something that will discourage. It's it, it's so purposeful, right? Because mm-hmm. people who won't take the time to read the full article and really mm-hmm. get the gist of what's being said here are the same people who would be persuaded by a headline that like that to not that discourages forward. you. Yeah, that's what yep. you know, that you said the perfect word. That's what they're doing. Discour it's discouragement, and you know I'll, I'll quote them just to you know cite my source here. Mm-hmm. They say, according to one particular study. On average, average, renting and reinvesting. See, y'all, y'all ain't say that part, the reinvesting part. Renting and reinvesting wins in terms of wealth creation, regardless of property appreciation, because property appreciation is highly correlated with gains in the traditional financial asset classes of stocks and bonds. Said another way, because <laughs> that's a lot. The money that you would need to reinvest in these traditional assets, mm-hmm. stocks and bonds, can appreciate about about equally. Because that's what highly correlated means. Mm-hmm. It means about Almost at the same equal. rate. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. y'all are really... They tried it. Really trying it. And again, I have to believe it's by design. And I have to believe it's because they don't want us to know... The simple fact, now what's become an obvious understandable fact, Dustin, which is that home ownership correlates to generalized wealth positioning. It's a reason, Dustin Ross. I was just talking about this at our MLK Day uh, service project for my uh, chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Just looking at, because the question was, has Black America significantly progressed since the era of Dr. King? And my answer was... Define significantly progress. <laughs> Define progress, first of right, all. Right, because according to even just the one metric of home ownership, not only have we not progressed, we've, re- we've regressed. Because, and that's not an opinion, y'all, that's the numbers. The numbers say home ownership in America during the 1960 pre, because there's a 1968 Fair Housing Act mm-hmm. that was established by Congress to address discrimination in housing, to address redlining, to address um, fraudulent and discriminatory mortgage rejections and all mm-hmm. the things that guess what we still see going on today. Still. Okay. That's what that was designed to do in 68. And then home ownerships in blacks, home ownerships of black Americans hovered around 40 to 45%. Mm-hmm. And ask me where it is today. Where is it, Ebony? Right around 40 to 42%. <sighs> Compare it to our white counterparts mm-hmm. who have maintained, in fact, a slight increase, but their numbers are, are about the same too. But their numbers are 70 plus percent, Dustin. Over 70% of white Americans. So that's look to your left, look to your right. Seven out of 10 white people in America own their homes. And I'm supposed to believe it's a coincidence, Dustin Ross, that there is, that white people have uh, we, we only have 10% of the wealth of white America. You're not, I know I'm not. I can't believe that to be a coincidence, Dustin. The numbers literally tell the story. Yeah. So you mean to tell me white people own 70% of their home. I mean, 70% of white people rather own their homes. Only 40% of black people own their homes. And, and black people only have a 10, 10% of the, of the wealth of white America. The math ain't math. No, not at all. Well, I mean, I, I guess this is really like. 
blatantly telling on itself, right? With its intention, blatantly, so. it's almost damn misinformation. I feel like it's. I feel like if, at, at, at a minimum, Dustin, it's misleading. It's very misleading. Say the whole. So, yeah. so let me retitle this for you. You know, you know them uh, Instagram memes like I fixed it for uh-huh. you. Okay, let me let me let me fix it. You're gonna for fix you. it. You're gonna redline it. Let me redline that. The, ooh, you gonna redline you it there? Yeah. I like that. Come on now, let me redline this for you. Recent study shows home ownership builds wealth at about the equivalent rate as renting and then reinvesting the extra money you may or may not get from renting versus mortgage payment into the equally volatile investment tools of stocks and bonds. That's the title. Plain and simple. The long and short of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on this one, the people deserve the long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be trying to shortcut. Yeah. In a way that's disadvantageous to black America's pocket. And and raggedy bitches, whoever wrote this, you Mm. know what you are doing because you know the the personal connection that people have to the woes of that experience. Trying your best, busting your ass. Because it's traumatic as hell. Saving every dime you have and every dime you make, which is such a slow process for a lot of people. Slow. Being patient. Tedious. Tedious. Missing out on other things, you know, and then still being rejected when you go into these loan uh, uh, when you go into these banks to get the loans, That's being it. rejected mm-hmm. after all of that work, you're playing on those emotions of people in that circumstance, and that is low down and dirty. Low down and dirty, and that's why I do think it's intentional, Dustin, because they know it is an emotionally traumatizing process. I will tell you, uh, and we talked about it during my process. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sorority, the sorority um, had a workshop, mm-hmm. right? It's about home ownership. Do you understand? Number active, good member on the yes, executive committee and everything. I could not even attend my own chapter's home ownership workshop because I was in my underwriting process and I had been rejected by my lender maybe four times at that point. So it was literally at that point, like just, just between me and God, you know, like that I was going to continue to pray dust and I was going to continue to yep. resubmit every time they said, well, we need you to resubmit that. You know, you were going to get that resubmission till Christ came back. Yep. Okay. Until I get the fucking keys. That's it. But that is not for everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. is not built for that level of rejection, Dustin, and that because that's how it started no. to feel. It started to feel like y'all want me to give up, mm-hmm. and just because because I'm Gloria's daughter, that's right, and because I'm Carrie James Williams Senior's granddaughter, that's right, I'm not going to give up. But most of us do, and I and I think I was really pissed when I saw this headline because it it triggered that in me. Like now here's the national media playing into an insecurity and an improbability that already exists when it comes to black people and home ownership. How dare y'all? And people are having conversations about this because just last night I was at uh, a Mexican a Mexican restaurant. Without me? Um, How dare Chelsea, you? In Chelsea, I know. Right you after ain't. the play, we went. I'm just playing okay. with you. I'm just messing <laughs> so, with you. <laughs> so, I, just, I know I you love a good you know, Mexican spot. Good, you know. You know, being enchiladas That's like right. this. Okay. Okay. Um, but we were, as we were sitting there at the bar having the, the best shrimp. As a matter of fact, we're going. We're going? Yeah. But you had some shrimp fajitas? Shrimp quesadillas okay, so, that ooh, were yes. bomb. Big, yeah. huge. It was prawns. delicious. Okay. Y'all were eating some prawns. So, okay. So. So, but we were talking about this article. Yep. We were talking about really? it. Really? Yeah, having conversations about this. One of my friends um, is very interested in home ownership. Love it. Um, you know, we were just we were having a deep conversation around this article. So when I got home and looked over our docket, the notes for our docket today, I was like, Wow, this is so timely. Like yep. we were literally just. This is a very 
triggering article for a but lot of people. We have to talk about it. We have, to, we have talk to talk about, about the minutia of it, yes. right? Yes. And to that point, um, one of our very good mutual friends who has a beard. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> was over at my place. Um, uh huh. Lovely. Lovely. And, you know, he's in his journey. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's grown man, got his little cash situation mm-hmm. together. He's ready. Mm-hmm. He's fiscally fit to purchase. Mm-hmm. And yet he's going through. Facing challenges. Facing, and yeah. so what did I do? Um, and this is why we've got to talk. I'm mm-hmm. so glad he was vulnerable to say, Eb, you know, my money right, my credit right, and I'm still going through. Mm-hmm. What can I do? I gave him right on to my um real estate uh, mm-hmm. lawyer. Mm-hmm. His name is Evans LaGrosse. Mm-hmm. Google him. Look him up. I would not have my keys today. Carrie James would not be wearing out my new rug Ms. today. Carrie James. <laughs> All right. Fast. I love you, Carrie She's James. So sweet. Yes. But it wouldn't be the case but for Evans. Mm-hmm. But for my black, happens to be Haitian. Shout mm-hmm. out to Haiti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank for God sure. for the revolution. Yep. Evans LaGrosse, who is a black, he's our peer. He's a mm-hmm. black man, about 40, 41 years old. Held my hand, Dustin, through that terrain. Yeah. He advocated. And with my building and sponsors and the lenders and everybody was fucking around, he joined with me and he said, make it enough mm-hmm. until we closed. And that 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 is important. So I gave his information and I said, and tell him I sent you. Yeah. And Evans is going to hook you up. Yeah. He's going, he, he, he will do everything legally to put you in a home of your own. Mm-hmm. And that's the tenacity, Dustin, we have to have as a culture. So we have to, like you say, I love that you and your friends were talking about this article. We have to spot this for the bullshit that it is. Mm -hmm. We have to reject it on its face and we have to replace it with, you know, again, nothing's, nobody say anything's wrong with renting. That's fine. But nobody also said you have to own where you live. Yeah. You know, there's a scenario where maybe you rent, maybe that works for your lifestyle. There's nothing wrong. There's no losing argument. Yeah. For owning some property somewhere. They yep. said this in uh, the piano lesson last night. One of the lines was, land is the only thing God not making more of. See? And it's true. So how dare they? How, how dare, dare they? they? How dare they? With the his- the very real and very accessible history. And very current day. I just was reading an article in the New York Times uh, not two days ago, Dustin, talking about how black people are, I think it's seven times more likely to be rejected mm. for mortgage uh, approvals. Mm. Uh, you know, of course, we know the appraisals of black owned properties in black How neighborhoods. How many times have is, we seen that, Ebony, where they come in and stage the house as if a white family was living there and it gets appraised for 25 totally. percent more. And part of the reason we now know, because now it's being studied mm-hmm. uh, that that's happening, Dustin, only I think I only I don't even think it's one in. T- no, it's like, oh, I think it's three percent of the appraisal profession is black. Like 97%. 97% of the appraisal entire marketplace. So of all the appraisals, appraisors in America, 97% of them are white. Mm. So there's a movement by three sisters. This is also in the Times. Three black women who are appraisers of real estate Mm -hmm. uh, are leading the charge to recruit more black people and black women to become trained in appraisal processes Mm -hmm. because that's part of the problem. When, when, the oppressor, and by this, I'm not talking about individual, I'm talking about whiteness as a mm-hmm. construct. Mm-hmm. When the oppressor walks into your space and discounts its value in the spirit of anti-blackness, there's only one way to change that. We have to participate in our own liberation. 
Yeah. I love that they're leading that charge. I would actually love, you know, I love uh, home renos and shit anyway. That's so it. I would love to appraise homes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, Maybe you need I need to come a new hobby. Come, okay. You need to come by and praise mine. You know I will. I'll yeah. come and look at this. Okay, we're going to top dollar for that. Yeah, you know that's what I'm it. saying? We're going to set it. it right. That's it. This is great. And I encourage more black people to do that. If you, Now that we've identified this, you know, from a numbers perspective, Absolutely. there's only 3%, 3% of that workforce are black. That's it. Black people that are looking for work yep. get into the it's appraisal market. It's a great market. space. And yes. I want to say in New York, because one of these sisters is based in New York, New York has allocated uh, city and state funding to train it's on a the no city's brainer. dime. So y'all look into that. This look is a really into good it. point. If y'all are anywhere in the tri-state New York area, New York is actually paying for your classes, mm-hmm. paying for your certifications, for you to become a certified real estate appraiser. Mm-hmm. It is a great space mm-hmm. that not enough of us know about and not enough of us are in. Yeah. Let's infiltrate that. Let's, if I love, you know, I love a good infiltration. I love a good infiltration. The same way that these white supremacists mm-hmm. have infiltrated the, uh, the, the school systems That's as it. teachers and the police forces as officers. Let's, let's infiltrate. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's infiltrate. Mm-hmm. My mama tried to play me talking about, uh, how is that going to look when you, um, because um, the wallpaper in my bathroom is um, Harlem Toilet. So it oh, is yes, yes, yes. black interpretation mm-hmm. of, you know, French avant-garde and all that. It's fabulous. Love it. And she's like, well, is that going to affect your property value? I said, yeah, it's going to make it go up. That's right. How about that's that? That's what we're doing. How about that? that's what Bet on Black is about. Yeah, it gives it, it, gives it a historical that's value. That's it. Yeah. Because when you have the audacity to try to buy some property uh, in front of the statue of Harriet Tubman. hmm then, then you will welcome this. Right. This right here by Frederick Douglass yep. Boulevard. Iconic. Mm-hmm. You better you better um, uh, inflate my price because of my honoring of black heritage and culture. Absolutely. And also that just encouraged me to have just a very quick pivot with you. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the Martin Luther King Jr. statue that people are up in arms about? <laughs> up in arms. No is exactly pun intended. Right. Right. I say that's the exact right phrasing. I mean, listen, um, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. But... You know, also people getting on my nerves because people are like, well, who asked for this? Y'all stop with that. Yeah, that, that saying needs to go. Uh, many people asked for this. Life. The, fa- the family yeah, asked for it. Literally this. asked for it. Furthermore, <laughs> you is know? it really, who? how dare these people? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. A- after we've been tearing down these monuments and statues right. that reflect such a poor representation of what has actually happened in history. Mm-hmm. We finally have this statue coming up. You might not like how it looks. Hell, I might not like how it looks. And guess what? That's, that's the nature of art. It it's is interpreted. It's yeah, yeah, it's subjective. It it's is. fucking art. And if you yeah. knew more, you don't get to say. And I, that's why I love the way the artist yes, handled that. Yeah, I love that. that he, t- he say ten toes down. Like, excuse the fuck out of me. For, like, who are you <laughs> to say because you, you don't like something? I don't like you. Right, right. I don't like what you got on. Right. How about and that? Guess what? My check clear. And it's and, not and it's up to you. And you know, one thing I do. I was thinking about it recently after kind of the hoopla. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I do like about the the ambiguous because I think the critique is. First of all, a lot of people simple-minded. Let's just start with that. Okay? You don't know (laughs) enough about art and it's it's myriad of interpretations. Right. So I was going to say, if it's not just a bust of somebody's head, Mm -hmm. you know. A direct. Right. A a literal copy and paste, you want to feel away. What I like about the piece is what you're going to know is when you go to that part of Boston is that this is a statue that reflects Dr. King and Mrs. Coretta Scott King embracing embracing in a specific moment in time, which was at the acceptance of Dr. King's Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to me, it sparks that conversation. Mm-hmm. It, it just, you know, that that's a, that's a fact about Dr. King that not a lot of people even really, they may know it, but they forgot they knew mm-hmm. it. Like, 
this man is a global humanitarian mm-hmm. and this statue is a moment in time of an emb- a loving embrace between a black man and a black woman because God knows we don't see enough of that as he is on the global stage mm-hmm. for his humanitarian work. That alone to me makes it. Yeah, I'm like, did no one read the plaque? It's, and that's why people, some people mad. Let's just tell you, some people mad because they know they're gonna have to read that motherfucking plaque. Like, read to the get plaque. Read that's, the that's, plaque. That's part of the fun mm-hmm. of going to, you know, experience art and absorb yeah. art. Reading the intention from the artist, exactly. reading what the hell you're looking at, understanding the context. Mm-hmm. And I just hate that this has picked up steam amongst people who don't know nothing about nothing. Don't know nothing way. to even talk. Again, haven't done the reading. As simple as the plaque. You won't even read the plaque. That's why your teeth have plaque. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah, um, I was playing with one of my producers on uh, the Grio, and she mm-hmm. was like, well, I don't like it. You know, it's, it, it looks like a phallic symbol to me. I said, but that's because you nasty. And get your mind no, no, out the cut. Why do you think why you got dick on the brain? Right. And you we talking worked. about Dr. Damn King. Well. Martin Luther well, the King. Well. Well. What well, well, we talking about? Well, Dustin. I know, but we ain't you on are, that well, section of the story. We ain't on well, chapter 13 <laughs> yet, whatever chapter. We ain't on that section of his story well, yet. Well, now we heard them FBI tapes, Dustin. We did. Well, you know, we all know what's going on. Well, hell, I, if I had to, you know, walk these niggas to freedom, I'd have needed to fuck on something, too. Shit, I, I'd have needed me a little release, too. I ain't too mad at Dr. King, actually, you know? Oh, I would have needed something, you know, oh, something Jesus. cathartic for oh, myself, nice. too. A little pillow talk. Just a little bit. Oh, some extra pillow talk. No, we're I joking. But, yeah, like, yes. get it together regarding that damn statue. I just wanted to pick your no, brain. We haven't done that we in our offline conversation. That. Yeah, we haven't. But so, that, yeah. that was my thought on that. You know, did it look like I thought it was going to look? No. Am I uh, oh, totally in, intrigued mm-hmm. by the conversations of us recalling something about Dr. King that we don't talk about every damn day? Mm-hmm. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes. Now, somebody else we don't talk about every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jaguar Wright. Again, oh. as we said in the intro, Dustin made the point, you know, sh- you, you've got to be of a certain moment in time of mm-hmm. the culture to appreciate the offerings of Miss Jaguar Wright. Uh, a great way to, to revisit mm-hmm. who she was in culture, right, mm-hmm. w- would be to watch the Jay-Z Unplugged performance yes. from MTV because she was singing with the band. Mm-hmm. And singing a lot of the samples from his work. Yep. And that's a great way to just, She was to just, a hook. You know. She was a hook goddess. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you for know, sure. a lot of hip-hop, a lot of that. Um, she's just important to the soul and R&B community. So when we see uh, Jaguar right now popping up on social media feeds, it's always sad to me to see, um, you know, that she just doesn't look like she's in a good place. Yeah. So this particular story, Dustin, we, comes about from a video that we've, you know, seen that's gone viral. Mm-hmm. And then she actually shared this, uh, you know, that she is laying on the ground, uh, being detained by police Mm -hmm. as the result of a domestic violence dispute with her husband. Mm -hmm. Um, Very sad. She's, uh, you know, being belligerent and officers are not helping the situation. It's just all a mess. Apparently, the video was recorded by her husband. You can hear him. Uh, this all took place at a at a barber shop. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just it's just the height of messiness and unfortunate so many layers here. situation. Yes, yeah, apparently according to him. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. I don't want to laugh at everything you said. What? What did I yeah, say? And it took place at a barber shop. I mean, it just. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that as a kid that grew up in the shop. You know, I'm very funny, but I just knew what you meant. You know what I mean? Said it's that like, the way you come said on. it. Yeah. Yes. Damn. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just. Because it's serious. It is it, serious. You know? That bothers me. You know, yeah. the, barbersh- the, the barbershop and the beauty shop are supposed to be sanctuaries. But they the represent culture. a type uh, 
A certain we, element of the culture. Yeah. Very much so. I grew up, listen, Gigi's hair care. You mm-hmm. know, ask about it. Mm-hmm. Charlotte, mm-hmm. they had you in Charlotte. That's ask about right. Gigi's. Okay. Okay, so I... I have a certain reverence mm-hmm. for what those spaces mean mm-hmm. in the culture. Mm-hmm. So I can just see it playing out, mm-hmm. right? This man mm-hmm. sitting up, he next in line for his cut. And He's probably been there all day. All two hours yeah, waiting. Yeah, just waiting. Mm-hmm. Barbara probably came in late uh-huh. <laughs> with a uh-huh. fish sandwich. On the phone. With a fish sandwich uh-huh. and on the phone. Yep. And his kids. Right. And a big old 32 ounce cup of styrofoam with sugar and, and some water. That's right. You know it. <gasps> all the things. All the things. And then, you know. Here come Jaguar Wright and her friend and the friends, uh, Solar. So we already know it's some cultish shit going on, according to the husband. And and really came up there to wax his ass. Like, literally, you came up in the shop, busted up in here to set on it off. On a mission. On a mission. Mm-hmm. To, so that's exactly, to quote him, he says, she came up here and assaulted me while I was at an effing barbershop. Not funny. Her and effing Solar came to the barbershop. <laughs> bruised me mm. this man said he they bruised him and assaulted me end quote he also that this was really too much for me um he accuses jaguar right of throwing their late son's ashes out of a car window oh man yeah now it's morbid right that's deep uh now it's real painful and then he goes on to say that i never caused this to my wife she did this to herself hanging out with mother effing sex cultists they both effing drunk as f. Okay, it's just 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 messy. The husband claimed that the incident stemmed from an altercation that took place the night before, and this often is the case with DV, where it's it's ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. Where he and Jaguar Wright were wrestling over a gun that never ends well. Cops were called, that was thwarted, and the end of this Instagram rant. The husband asked everybody to pray for Jaguar Wright. Um, Jaguar did post a response video. After her arrest, about no. seven minutes long. I know. Because she's always, but that's what every time, I want somebody to take her phone. Please. You know, because it never helps. And then all this explaining she's doing, from a legal standpoint, only works against her. I will, that's what, I, okay. So, yeah. It's, and, and the reason I wanted to do this story again is not just to further, you know, shit on Jaguar right. Because, you know, when it, what's it, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. It, it seems to be kind of that situation for her. Yeah. Again, Dustin, I really want to talk about the nature of the gender factor here. Okay. Uh, I recall a time in my adolescence mm-hmm. and even maybe even my young adulthood where when you talk, talked about domestic violence, it was really only one way. Mm-hmm. And it was women as victims. Mm-hmm. And the narrative was if a man hit you back, like that, that, that's about him being less than a man. And also, like, almost this presumption that women could get, should get to do whatever they wanted physically and or otherwise, and there would be no consequence. And only men were to face consequences for violent behavior. And I know we know this intellectually, but I I couldn't help but use this opportunity, Dustin, with Jaguar Wright, only because there's a visual here. You see, this woman... Is mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. This woman is being put in cuffs. Mm-hmm. This woman is is being held accountable for the alleged violence that took place here. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind ladies, just a PSA, your ovaries will not save you. Yeah. Your vulva will not save you. Yeah. You will go to jail. 
you will be convicted and you will live with all of the the tangential consequences of Mm -hmm. that, Dustin. Now, we talked about her, the ashes of their late son. But please, ladies, know that when you think it's a good idea to go up to somebody's job, go to somebody's side piece house, pull up at the barbershop, wherever you think you and your homegirl about to flex, know that you're jeopardizing the custody you have of your children. Know that you're jeopardizing. Some of y'all got good government jobs. Mm-hmm. You won't after a domestic violence conviction. No, it sticks. And it and, and the consequences of it are are more severe than a regular conviction. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm going deep like this, Dustin. They're damning. They are yeah. damning. They are meant to because again, think about it. Domestic violence statutes and courts historically have been used to undermine men mm-hmm. who exhort violence which is why the custody uh consequence is so severe mm-hmm. right because when you think about a man who's beaten up on his wife or a woman or whatever you want to make sure that that is prevented from being around the children mm-hmm. and who is traditionally the caretaker of the children it's the battered yeah. woman yeah that paradigm is being flipped on its head now dustin and i'm not saying that it hasn't always been because we know that there's always been violent women and males who are victim but now the law is kind of catching up mm-hmm. with that reality and women are being prosecuted. Let mm-hmm. me say it plainly. Women are being prosecuted, Dustin. They're being convicted and they are having custody taken. They are having they're having to pay child support in new ways. Uh, your ovaries won't save you, ladies. Uh, it's a new day and, and you need to be prepared for any and all of the consequences they show up, especially when you think you want to put your hands on somebody. It's just ugly. You know, I, in my prior days, you know, <laughs> I never minded a good little one, two tussle street fight. You know what I mean? Male to male. Male to male. Male yeah. to male. Yeah. Male to male. I'm very clear. That okay? makes sense. Let's be yeah. clear. Two grown men. You yeah. know, don't put your hands on me. I don't give a damn who you are. Don't put your hands on me. That's, that's right. You know, I'm not going to fight a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm also not going to let you just put your hands on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to get you off of me and then you're the going to deal with the authorities. Then, yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. And you will deal with the authorities. Is the For sure, yeah. you will. Because that's my only defense. I can't physically mm-hmm. hit you back like I would a man. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to press some charges. That's right. Okay. On your ass. Mm-hmm. And so it is something that people have to be mindful of just mm-hmm. in general. You know, in keep general. your hands to yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we can. I'm glad you're bringing this up. This applies to same-sex couples. And again, this is, and I've always been kind of fascinated with this, Dustin, because I remember being a law student, mm-hmm. you know, there's things that like the culture has moved on, but mm-hmm. the law hadn't. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, now that, you know, same-sex marriage and same-sex couples and uh, domestic partnerships, there's a lot of lesbian relationships mm-hmm. where this issue is going to show itself mm-hmm. in a certain way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so, you know, ladies, you know, women on women, it, it's the same thing. Same thing. It's the same thing. The, do not for one second think the Mr. Mr. Johnny Law is coming mm-hmm. up to y'all's house and go say, oh, it's some ladies just, you know, having a lover's no. quarrel. No, 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 You know no, what I mean? No, no, no. But see, people, yeah. people be thinking like that. Yep. The law does not care. Y'all both are going to jail mm-hmm. and y'all will and the, the, the and the law enforcement will let the courts figure, figure the rest it out. out later in their own time. That's it. So it's and, definitely and, some, and both of y'all might end up doing time. Is yeah. My point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess it's, you know, not not a lot more to say on this. Y'all just remember that the way in which we used to think about gender roles and men on men and women on women and men, women, and th- th- 
It just throw that shit out. Throw it out. Because the law is finally catching up to what we say we want Mm -hmm. in a gender equity society. Mm -hmm. And it is uniformly applying the laws of domestic violence. Yeah. Listen, the heads up from E. That's what that is. Think about that before you throw hands and going up to the barbershop, you and fucking solar. Ain't that what what her husband said? Her and fucking solar. He was mad. He was mad mad when he gave that statement. Yeah. And I mean, not for nothing. If if, if how he plays it out is true, I see. I would have been mad mad. as hell too. Yeah. Fucking up my cut. Her and fucking solar coming up to the barbershop. Solar. Solar and Daystar. Yeah. You know, you already know these galaxy names and shit. You know, come on back down to earth here, because that's where the police finna lock your ass up. On earth. How about that? And it's gonna be on site. How about that? Yeah, I just, I really had to say that. You're gonna be in the system, solar. You're gonna gonna be, it's gonna be the solar (laughs) system. Revolving around your ass. (laughs) Listen, and that's, yeah, because again, I just, I have to say that I come from a generation where women really used to try it. Yeah. They do. They did. We've, honey, Mm -hmm. I have seen it. I've been in the courtroom, you know. It's a it's a different day, y'all, and it, and it's gonna get more and more this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we talk about child support, we talk about child custody, we talk about women paying child support, mm-hmm. women paying spousal support. Well, of course, this was gonna be the next iteration of what that gender mm-hmm. equality looks like. Women are doing time for putting your, their hands on men mm-hmm. and other women. Mm-hmm. So, bitch, you will go to jail. Simply put, that's the messaging here. That's the messaging. You can say it. I can't say it. I can that, say that's it. That's the messaging. That's the me- bitch. Yeah. Bitch, fuck around and find out. <laughs> that's it. That's the messaging. Them titties not saving you. That's it. Well, that was another excellent episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, oh, that nice uh, note. Uh, <laughs> chef's kiss. kiss. Yes. <laughs> Join us again next week, y'all. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in session with another episode of Hold the Court, of course. In the meantime, as always, Dustin Ross, you want the people to what? Please read your terms and your conditions. Please. And not them pamphlets from Solar. And not them headlines from CNBC. Either. Okay. Read the, the, terms read the and content. Get into it. Get into them fine, the fine print. Minutia is a fun word to say, you know. Mm-hmm. Get into the minutia. Get into of it the minutia. Get into the deep. The love is in the details. The deets. Mm-hmm. Holden Court is an Interval Presents original production from Uppity Productions in association with Dossie Media. Executive producer and host, Ebony K. Williams. Co-host and producer, Dustin Ross. From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jay Kleinberg. Produced, of course, by Ashley J. Hobbs. Editing, sound design, and mix by Stephanie Morell. Original music by Epidemic Sound. Video editing by Kaysen Alexander and Courtney Deans. Consultant, Carla Wilmaris. Special thanks to Operations Lead, Sarah Yu. Business Development Lead, Sheffy Ellen Swag, And Marketing Lead, Samira Still.